You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about how God turns blessings or I'm sorry, God turns curses into blessings. Let's be sure we get that straight. Nehemiah 13.2, how be it, our God turned the curse into a blessing. And that's the theme of this whole series. And one of the things I'd like to see is uh, a pattern in Scripture. Uh, This might happen once, maybe twice, but when you see it happening repeatedly in Scripture, then you know you have something that you can look to for yourself. Now, we're talking about the life of Joseph. Joseph has been sold into slavery into Egypt. It looks like he is going downhill fast. He started out as the head slave in the house of Potiphar. Actually, didn't start out there, but got there very quickly. But then when Potiphar's wife made an accusation against him, trying to seduce him, he refused it. She lied about him. He was thrown into prison. I do believe that Potiphar knew that his wife lied. I do believe that. But at the same time, he had no choice but to save face in some way or another. And so he had Joseph thrown into prison. Ordinarily, Joseph would have been executed for such a crime had Potiphar's wife been telling the truth. But now here he is in the prison. And it doesn't look like he's getting promoted. It looks like he's going downhill. But in spite of that, God is working to bless him. He is being put in charge of the prison. And he's put in charge because he is serving. The Apostle Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 9. He said, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. You want to go to the top? Learn to be a servant. We're servants of people. Even leaders need to think like servants. We are servant leaders. So let's look at this. In Genesis 40, in verse 2, it says, Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief butler or cupbearer and the chief baker. So he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison, the place where Joseph was confined. Now God wanted Joseph in the palace, but it wasn't time yet. So he brought the palace to Joseph. He wanted to be able to put someone in front of Pharaoh who could speak on Joseph's behalf. And that was the purpose of getting the butler there. Now these two men had dreams. And their dreams were troubling. They did not know what they meant. And Joseph could see it on their faces. And this is fascinating to me because as he's going about his daily routine, serving people in the prison, he notices that these two men are especially downcast. Now that's interesting because most of the time a jailer wouldn't care anything about the emotional welfare of the people that he's serving. But Joseph did because he had a totally different approach to dealing with people. He believed that you could gain by serving, and that's exactly what the Scripture teaches. So he looks at them and says, why are you so downtrodden? Well, they both said, we've dreamed dreams, and we don't know what they mean. So Joseph had the butler tell him what he had dreamed. 
He interpreted the dream. Here it is, verse 13. Now within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head, restore you to your place, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand according to the former manner when you were his butler. So he said, you're going to be restored. And that exactly came to pass. Uh, When the baker heard this interpretation, he thought, well, maybe there's something good for me too. So Joseph interprets his dream. And he says in verse 19, Within three days Pharaoh will lift off your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat your flesh from you. Ooh, that's not so good. This speaks volumes about Joseph. I mean, incredible um, character is revealed here. Joseph was a man of integrity, and he was not a flatterer. Now, a flatterer only says to people what they want to hear. I'm sure the baker didn't want to hear the bad news that Joseph had for his dream, but he told him the truth, and that's a man of integrity. Too many communicators are so set on saying only what makes people feel good, and they are so focused on things that make people feel good They can never bring people to a real crossroads. Now, let me say this. You will never grow spiritually if you sit under someone who doesn't bring you to the crossroads. A crossroads is a clear set of choices where you see, okay, this behavior is destructive. This behavior is acceptable. I'm going to reject the destructive attitudes, habits I may have been headed toward, and I'm going to follow God. You see, the flatterer wants to make you feel good. He dumbs down things. He makes it sound like it's almost impossible to live for God, that hardly anybody can do it, and it's okay if you are stumbling and struggling all the time and you really uh, have a hard time wanting to please God, that kind of person will lead you into greater bondage. And trust me, there are lots of young communicators today, and then not just young, older guys do too, but there are lots of communicators that operate that way in the body of Christ. Now, Joseph had integrity, and because he was not a flatterer, He was able to speak the truth. This is what would put him before the Pharaoh. In other words, if you're the kind of person who melts before powerful people, and when you are in their presence, you tell them only what you think they want to hear, you don't need to be a counselor to that person. Joseph passed a test by giving the negative interpretation of this dream. Now, a couple of years went by, and the butler never remembered Joseph. He got back on the job. He was going to tell Pharaoh about what had happened to Joseph. He agreed to do that, and, uh, but he didn't. But then the time came that he had no choice because Pharaoh had two dreams, and the dreams really troubled him. And it was when he saw his own Pharaoh in trouble over these dreams that he remembered Joseph and had Joseph brought to the palace. When Joseph got to the palace, he was able to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh. He heard about the seven fat cows that came up out of the Nile River. He said, those seven years of plenty. He said, there will be seven years of famine because you dreamed that there were seven uh, uh, sickly cows that came up later that ate them. 
You saw seven good, strong, healthy, fruitful ears of grain, and then you saw seven blighted ears of grain. That is the doubling of the dream, which is what God does. He always confirms anything that He says. And so there will be seven years of famine and seven years of plenty that comes before. Then it is incumbent upon Pharaoh to do this. And what Joseph does next is something that he did not learn at all in Canaan. He didn't get this from his father. He didn't get this from his culture. He had the ability to interpret dreams when he was in Canaan. That was a gift from God. But now the four things that Pharaoh sees in Joseph that not only would cause him to set Joseph free, but also put him in charge of his food operation. And here they were. Number one, he had to know that Joseph understood the culture. When Joseph came to Pharaoh, he came in without a beard. Had he come with a beard, Pharaoh would have known, this is not a guy that I can put in charge of my people. My people hate beards. They have a taboo against beards. This guy has no sensitivity whatsoever to the way my people think. So I can't trust him to run my country. Joseph shaved because a beard was taboo in Egypt. It wasn't in Canaan where he was from. Now, it didn't matter if he was in the prison, but if he's going to operate in Pharaoh's palace, no beard. Secondly, he spoke very clearly and confidently to Pharaoh. You know what it tells me? It tells me that in the 13 years that Joseph had been in Egypt, he had learned to master the Egyptian language. That tells me that he had a very healthy attitude that said, I can't do anything about my circumstances here, so I will make the best of them while I'm here. So he could have said, I'm not going to learn Egyptian. He could have chosen to stumble along speaking Hebrew most of the time, but he didn't. He learned how to speak Egyptian, and if you're going to be the leader of the Egyptian people, you've got to know how to speak the language. He was so good at it that his own brothers did not recognize him as a Hebrew when they came to see him sometime later. He spoke the language without a Hebrew accent. Thirdly, Joseph had a fine understanding of administration. He told Pharaoh about the famine. He said, now you will need to put someone over the food. And that someone who leads this charge is going to need to appoint officers in every city. We need a regional organization that takes in the food. And then finally, he showed Pharaoh this. He said, there is a rate of consumption that I know and understand. He said, we set back the fifth part of the food in the seven years of plenty. Now, that was a rate of storage based upon what Joseph knew about Egyptian food consumption. Pharaoh could hear definite ideas in Joseph. And it is these definite ideas that told Joseph or Pharaoh, you can trust this man. In fact, Pharaoh turns and he says to his whole court, can we find such a man as this? And all of Pharaoh's team agreed there's nobody else who can do this job. Joseph is the guy. And he was given complete freedom to carry this out, whereas his brothers had been incredibly jealous of him. Not so the Egyptian members of the court. 
they trusted him because they saw ability in him. All of those abilities were developed while he was a slave in Egypt. And so God was able to turn a curse into blessing. But it was incumbent upon Joseph to develop the attitude that God could work with to bring him into blessing. So you and I have a responsibility to God to do our part as well. Thank God Joseph did that, and it is the reason that God was able to promote him. Is there maybe something you may need to work on? Is there an attitude that's holding you back? Is there something you could do to improve your position in life? I think we could all say yes to that. That's why the story of Joseph is such a valuable lesson to us. See you tomorrow. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.